It's a great day, as always. Amen? Every day that God made is a great day. Some people say every day is a great day, just some are better than others, uh, or greater than others. But, you know, when, it, when you boil it all down, every day that God made was great. Amen? And He's already made them, and so we're excited and blessed to be here today. Amen? You glad to be in the house and be ready to receive? Um, so, I've, uh, title of our series is Integrity Equals Freedom. To really understand the life of freedom, you have to understand the integrity of God. And then that integrity becomes an integrous life for you and I to live. And, and understand what it is and what it looks like. And um, so, for the last few years, um, well, actually, it, it started um, five or six years back. We were at the Believers' Convention in Fort Worth, and uh, Pastor Keith Moore made this statement. He said, he said, the Bible says that the most humble man, it's a verse of scripture that actually says this, the most humble man that, that ever was, or, the, or, or the, the most humble man of his day was Moses. And he was the most used man of God. Moses, the Bible says, was the most humble, and he was the most used by God. And um, I think a lot of times that they're just words in the English language that sometimes we butcher in our thinking because of our past. Um, we think of humility as something that um, is almost an ugly word. You know, it's a bad word. It's, a, it's something that humanity tr attempts to attain to but can't get there. Um, and, and I think that a lot of times we, because we misunderstand things, the enemy gets us focused in life on things that really don't matter. He gets us focused in certain areas that we shouldn't even be focused on, worried about things that we don't even need to be worried about. Um, and, um, over the last five or six years since I heard that statement, I've just, I've been on a personal study, and a lot of what I'm sharing with you are things that, that God has revealed to me, but I believe in different words that we're going to use today, integrity and humility, pride and arrogance. Um, we're going to look at some things that we need to look at because the greatest enemy to your faith the greatest bar none enemy to your faith is pride. It's the greatest enemy to your and my faith. But we have to understand what pride is. And we also, at the same time, have to understand what humility is. What it really is and what it really looks like. Um, because if you think, you know, there are people in pride thinking that they're humble. There are people that are prideful in their humility, their so-called humility, thinking that, 
you know, they're a certain way. Well, the definition of humility and pride that we're going to look at today, and, and uh, Dr. Avanzini will be here next week, and then we'll, we'll finish the, the last two messages, the end of July, the last two Sundays of July, this, this series. But um, the, the, the definitions, um, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give, you know, some additional information on them, but this is the basic definition of pride and humility. Pride is high, and humility is low. Pride is high-minded. Humility is low-minded. Pride is thinking too high of yourself. Humility is thinking low of yourself but understanding what that looks like. See, some people, some people might think in those definitions, when I got to thinking low of yourself, well, I'm not, go- I'm not going with that, you know. I am who I am, and I know what I've done, and I know... And, uh, and, the, and yet the Bible's so clear about how to take these words and make them our own. The Bible's so clear on it. And so today we're going we're gonna to look at a few things. And what we're really talking about is being free. Everybody say, I'm free. I'm free. Yeah, yeah, we, we, sh- we should be. Amen? Uh, what we just sang about, about regarding the blood of Jesus um, and what He did for us and how He has liberated us and made us free, we should be free. We should be walking free. I just believe if you take some of the information that I'm giving you today and the the last two Sundays of this month, if you take that information, it's not an exhaustive series, but if you take the information and do something with it, I promise you it will change your life. Because today I'm the most humble man in the world. (laughs) But today... I understand humility like I've never understood humility. And I want to be humble. I want to live and operate in humility. To do that, you have to understand it so that you can apply it correctly. You can apply what you think is humility because of the way you've been taught and actually be in pride. We're talking about being free. Look at Galatians 5. Galatians 5. And verse 13. Galatians 5 and 13. Got it? For you, brethren, have been called to liberty or freedom. Everybody say, I'm called to be free. I'm telling you, you're called to be free. If God's called, God, some people will say, make statements, 
you know, you know well, do, you, do you know your calling in life? I'll tell you what it is to be free. Brethren, you've been called to liberty and freedom, only do not use your liberty as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Scripture says the whole law is fulfilled in this statement that you love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right? You're not loving yourself. You're not understanding who you are in a correct way. Then your neighbor is suffering. And who is your neighbor? Your neighbor is everybody other than you. And I'll say it again, if you're not loving yourself and understanding what that is, then your neighbor is suffering. Everybody else in your life is suffering if you don't understand what I'm talking about today. You're called to freedom, but not freedom in the flesh. And we've got to understand that, break it down, and apply it in our own lives. As I said earlier, and I want to look at, um, I want to look at Romans Chapter 12, and we'll look at verse 3 in a moment, um, but as I said, pride is thinking high, humility is thinking low. Integrity, integrity in life are the acts of thinking low. An integrous person is a person who has learned how to think low and operates that way. Not just having enough information to think low, what you think thinking low is, because we're talking about and going to define what it means to think low. But you and I have a responsibility to understand that for ourselves. You've got to know that for yourself. You've got to know what that looks like for yourself. Amen? I can't do it for you. Your neighbor can't do it for you. You can't do it for someone else. We've got to know for ourselves what that looks like. Romans 12.3 is, is an is a interesting verse. For I say, though, through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly. What is pride? Thinking high. Not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one the measure of faith. Not to think more highly. Everybody say more highly. So, did he say not to think highly of yourself? No. So we're defining pride today as more highly. It's more high. Again, if you're not thinking highly of yourself, well, I'll say it like this. Your neighbor wants you to think highly of yourself. Because if you don't, then you're creating all kinds of issues for your neighbor. Strife and division in marriages, in family relationships, in church worlds, in the business world, and everything else is this verse of Scripture right here. Strife and division starts because you think more highly of yourself than you should. 
Didn't say don't think highly. Actually, we're supposed to think highly of ourselves. We've got to love ourselves before we can love anybody else. You will never love God until you figure out and understand how much He loved you. Impossible. Well, I'm loving God with all my heart, mind, and soul. You're not. I'll be honest with you, I don't even know how to do that. To love God with all my heart, mind, and soul, everything in me, I'm learning, I'm developing it, but you're not accomplishing that today. If you think you are, if you think you are, and you're accomplishing it to the fullest, you're in pride. I'm going to say a lot of little things like that that you're going to have to jot down and go back and listen to this again and remind yourself and dig out for your own self, am I doing things like this? Because what are we talking about? About being free. About being free. Look at the 16th verse. Same chapter. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on what kind of things? High things. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. In other words, and I'm going to give you some different examples of what I've seen, okay? Because, listen, I'm, if, you, if you're part of this church body, I am your pastor, your under-shepherd, Okay? It doesn't mean I got everything down perfectly and do everything perfect. I'm telling you over the last six years, I've realized some things in my own life where I was not walking in humility. I was not taking the low road and I had to make changes. Everybody sitting in here today, you deal with your flesh every single day and there's no way around it unless you take your own life and get out of here. If you're in this flesh and blood body, as long as you're in it, you're going to deal with your flesh. So let's know how to deal with it and let's just deal with it, right? Not make such a massive deal out of, man, I've made these mistakes. God already knows your mistakes and He knows when you're going to make them. But He called you to be free. Be free, but don't turn the freedom into an opportunity of your flesh. In other words, what is he saying? Don't remain high-minded. Don't overly estimate your own self and abilities in life. Don't remain high-minded. Take the low road. Man, the more I've learned how to take the low road, whoo! You've got to be creative to understand how to be low and be right. Not be beat up and run over and taken advantage of. and all. You've got to learn how to take the low road. And when you take it and you live in that low place, you're going to read scriptures here today. Some of you, you kind of knew they were here, but you didn't know they were there. Because of the revelation that's flowing today about what humility truly is. An integrous life produces freedom. And integrity or the acts that you walk out because of digging out humility and understanding what it really is, taking the low road. Can you say amen? amen. So, I want to look at a, at a passage of Scripture today that you'll think, well, what does this have to do with humility? Well, I'm telling you, we don't really understand. I, I'm, I'm, okay, I'm saying there are things that I didn't understand about humility and pride that I'm believing that 
Everybody doesn't at one form or another at different times in their life. So if this doesn't apply to you, then, you know, stay in pride and go on. No, I'm teasing. First Timothy, I'm just teasing. First Timothy, where did I tell you to go? First Timothy, right? First Timothy 6 and uh, verse 17. I'm going to read it in the New King James, and then I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Uh, verse 17. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty, or that word is translated high-minded. Command those who are rich in this present age not to be haughty or high-minded, nor to trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. Not to trust, not to think more highly of your riches. Okay? Now, I'm going to ask you this question. I want you to think about this. When you hear this passage of Scripture read, who do you think about? When you hear this passage of Scripture, it's directed toward the rich. So, God could have saved a whole lot of time and just put Bill Gates' name in there, right? So, so you know, the next opportunity you, get, you have to encourage Bill Gates, the next opportunity that you have, make sure to inform him not to be haughty. No. Who's he talking to? He's talking to you and me. Everybody say, I'm rich. And, and notice, notice, actually, um, let's, we're going to come back to that verse, but let's read this verse first. This verse is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 9. Now, watch as I read this verse of Scripture to you. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that you, say me, that I, say I, say, say this last part of this verse after me, say, I, through his poverty, might become rich. Okay? So, you know... Maybe it's this translation right here. Maybe this translation is off and it's just using the wrong word. So let's look at the, um, let's look at the, uh, the NIV translation. Can we do that real quick? NIV. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, there's that word again, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you through his poverty might become rich. Well, maybe it's that one. Let's try the Message Bible. You know, the Message is, yeah, look, look at it. There's the Message. I'm not trying to order you around against your will, but bringing in the Macedonians' enthusiasm as a stimulus to your love, and I'm hoping to bring the best out of you. You are familiar with the generosity of our Master, Jesus Christ. Rich as He was, He gave it all away for us. In one stroke, He became poor, and we became rich. Oh man, get rid of that verse, right? 
I mean, that, that's, that one's got to be messed up. The, the amplify, that, it's the defining one. It's got to use different words other than rich. You know the gen, uh, here it is. For you're becoming progressively acquainted with and recognizing more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, His kindness, His gracious generosity, His undeserved favor and spiritual blessing in that though He was so very rich, takes two pages for the Amplified verse, Yet for your sakes he became so very poor in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. Man, that one too. Now, let's try the New Living Translation. Come on, get alive. Verse 9. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor so that by his poverty you could be rich in all things. Instruct those who are rich not to be high-minded or to think too highly of themselves, and they should, or like that their riches are who they are, or the riches they have, it's because they got it themselves. Don't let them think that, but let them think soberly to trust in the living God who richly supplies me with everything to enjoy. Now, what I'm going to tell you, and then I'm going to go on, and we'll come back to this in two weeks, because I want you to meditate and think on it. What I'm going to tell you is this. If you don't see yourself rich, you're in pride. If you don't see yourself rich, you're in pride. A couple things I wrote down. Pride is an overestimation that what I am is because of something I did. In other words, it's a deception. And um, deception believes lies and tells lies. Wow, Pastor, this is a great word about freedom. (laughs) Deception believes lies and tells lies. Now, I don't want a hand raised or anything. But do you lie? Just asking, don't raise your hand in any way, shape, or form. I don't care. Just look straight forward. You know, surely he's not ta- I'm not talking to you. Do you lie? Six years ago, I asked myself that question. And when I'm talking about lying, I'm just talking about anything that is not the absolute gut-honest truth about everything you say. People say, well, you know, I'm not a liar. I mean, I, I don't, you know, I stretch a little story here and there or whatever, a little white lie or whatever. No, a lie is a lie. Yeah. See, what we're talking about is being free. And if I lie to protect myself, then I'm not trusting God. God just wants you to be, okay, you know, you don't have to admit to anybody that you've lied about things. Just admit it to God. 
and just begin to make the changes. See, this isn't like we're going to be on some game show and everybody in the world's going to know everything that's going, to, that's going on in our life, right? I mean, it's not going to, our, our dirty law. I mean, we, we've got information on Abraham's dirty laundry and all the ugly things that he did wrong, but that, that didn't have to be you. But, but, but the scripture is real clear. If we don't deal with ourselves, a lot of times things will be exposed in ways that we didn't want it to be exposed, but it didn't have to happen that way because we could just deal with ourselves. And I promise you, everybody in here has lied at one time or another. Just take a deep breath. Whew. Okay, so he's not, now that my neighbor's not thinking, he's talking to me. No, we've all lied. We've all lied. Why? Because we live in this. Do we have to stay liars? Absolutely not. Hmm? And you know what? To not admit that you've not told the truth about something is pride. And pride goes before destruction. God's trying to keep us from being destroyed. He wants us liberated and free. Can you say amen to that? <clears throat> um. And, and I want to say this about humility, okay? Humility has nothing to do with anybody else in your life. It's not, humility doesn't have anything to do with how anybody else responds to what you do. Humility has everything to do with your choice in the moment about choosing low instead of high. But it has nothing to do with other people's response. There's a quote I heard not too long ago, or probably a couple of years ago, the quote I heard, your reputation is who people think you are, okay? Your character is who you are internally. My character is who I'm, I am on the inside, but my reputation is something that is, is out there about who people think I am, and many people are trying to build up and strengthen their reputation when your reputation will be what it needs to be when you make sure your character is right, when integrity is right, when humility is something that you choose in every given situation. The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. He will exalt you in the proper time when he sees that humility has taken root. Not when I've done a couple things to impress somebody else. You don't need to impress anybody. It doesn't matter what people think. Never live your life impressing people. And if you're doing that today, God wants to help you get free. He gave you the Holy Ghost, right? And, and I promise you that he will teach you how to li get liberated and free from that. The seed of the word in the seed of the word is where the power to be free is. The things that I'm giving to you today... You know, I, I don't know if I don't know how Gallup gets all these. I go and look at some of the the, the polls that that, the, that Gallup has, and I don't know. I, I mean, who is Gallup, and who's doing the polls? Has anybody ever been polled by Gallup? <laughs> I, I've never been polled by them, but somehow they have all these percentages. But they do a lot of Christian percentages. And most people that hear the word don't do anything with it. I mean, I, I won't even give you the percentage because I'm believing you're not in that category. 
most people that hear the word do nothing with it. Listen, it won't just work because you heard it. Actually, to think that you just hearing something and doing nothing with it is deception is what James 1 says. We're deceived. God doesn't want you and I deceived. There's a deceiver that is the devil. God is the liberator. He wants you and I free and to live that way every day of our life. And, it's, and it is in your and my choosing that we have the ability to be free. I choose to or I don't. I don't care how hard it is. I don't care how difficult it is. We can choose to be liberated and free. Can you say amen to that? Um, so, a <clears throat> couple things as I tie this I tie this up for today. Um, I want to look at 1 John 2. And we're going to, I'm going to say something first, and then in a second we're going to look at verse 15. 1 John 2 and 15. Um, when you read, and we're not going to go look there today. You can go look at it. It's in, it found in Genesis chapter 3. But when we read about Adam and Eve and their collapse and their fall, okay, what was brought to them, and the same thing is brought to us all the time, we have the blood of Jesus and what He accomplished that has empowered us to be able to overcome what they faced. But this is what they faced. What Adam and Eve faced was Satan coming to them and saying, you see that fruit? What is that? The lust of the eyes. They had everything in the garden except that tree and the fruit on that tree. Don't mess with it. That's what they're instructed to do. So the lust of the eyes saw something because it was pointed out by Lucifer in the garden. And he points something out to them and he says, if you'll go eat that fruit, then you will be like God. Well, the truth of the matter is, they were already told they were just like God. They were created in God's image. They were already told they were like God. And so the deceiver comes with the lust of the eyes and he comes to them with what we'll recognize in this verse of Scripture we're going to read as the pride of life. And what he brought to them was what he thought when he was in heaven. So in other words, what he was telling Adam and Eve is, You will be like God, or in essence, because they were already like God, you will be like God without God. See, that's what he thought. And what happened to him? The dropkick. I don't want to be dropkicked. I want to stay in His presence and get more confident about being in His presence and who He is. And I want my whole life and being to be about everything that He is. You'll be just like Him. 
but you'll be like him but without him so now you're going to be about yourself and so you're going to create your own way and the bible's real clear to us those of us that try to create our own way it's just a it's a recipe for disaster why why if listen if you think god is in charge of this planet you are deceived. The God of the Bible, the God that lives in my heart, is in charge of this mess? There ain't no way. Not on his worst day. He's not in charge of nothing down here. You know why? Because we have in the Word that he gave authority to Adam and Eve in Genesis 1, and he never took that authority away. They gave it up, but he didn't take it back. He brought their liberty and their freedom, and in Psalm 115, the earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, but the authority in the earth he gave to the sons of men. Psalm 115, go read it for yourself. Genesis 1, read it for yourself. He never took the authority back. We still have it. And the only hope of planet Earth is not a Republican president, a Democratic president, not any kind of president anywhere on the Earth. The only hope for planet Earth is Christ in you being revealed on the inside, us being like Him and demonstrating that and seeing all kinds of things happen and manifest. Um, I don't watch a lot of the news. I mean, I don't, I don't pay attention to a lot of the news, but every once in a while on my iPad here, you'll hear the Fox News alert come up. I have not figured out how to shut that off. I have it on mute, and the Fox News alert comes out. I don't know. Anyway. But I was looking at Fox News. Anybody see the article about the World Cup? How many watch the World Cup? Anyway, so uh, the World Cup's going on, and the article is, I saw this long article, and I read the whole thing about the gospel being preached in Russia through the World Cup. Ah, man, it was absolutely phenomenal. Huh? I mean, the gospel is being preached throughout Russia, and, and, and if you've heard reports over the last, you know, number of years, it's like, it's like the opening of the gospel that opened after the, the collapse of the wall and the, the coming down and destroying of the wall and, the, and liberties began to happen in, in that whole area, in that region. It's beginning to, the doors are beginning to shut is what they say in the natural. But I, took, I declare today they're opening because of the anointing of God. And there, right here on Fox News, I mean, I mean, main page of Fox News, this massive article about the gospel being preached and, and revival manifesting in the nation of Russia through the World Cup. Come on. Amen? Come on, give God praise for that. Things are happening around the world. And listen, you and I, listen, if your only part in that is to rejoice... You're liberating yourself from pride. Do you know how many people will read that and think, ah, you know, that, that's just an article. That's just, the, I, I don't care if it is a lie. 
if it's being printed, I'm believing that it's happening anyway, and I'm declaring that somehow, through the World Cup, things in people's lives are being saved, healed, and delivered, and set free in the name of Jesus. You and I can rejoice just because it's not necessarily you individually being a part of it. You can be a part of it by, by praising God and then praying for all those that are involved in it. Can you say amen? It's a glorious thing. This isn't about who gets the credit for this, that, and the other. If you're taking credit for anybody's salvation, you're in pride. I didn't say you didn't play a part in it. I didn't say, the Bible says one plants, one waters, but the increase comes because of the blood of Jesus. Did you hear what I said? Not me taking credit for things. We don't get credit for anything. And the more you understand that, then you don't need credit from other people. I don't need to be praised and patted and stroked. I'm saying, you and I don't need to be those. But if we do, we need to get free of that because our focus has to be, and, has to, and, and our, our approval has to come from God. What is your approval rate with God? I'm just telling you right now, it's 100%. Because every time he looks at you, he sees you through the blood of Jesus. He sees you delivered. He sees you healed. He sees you saved. He sees everything right in your life. And yet, he's given us his word, his spirit, and all of heaven to help us be liberated and free. And I'm telling you today, you and I need to be free of any traces of pride whatsoever in our lives. Can you say amen to that? First John 2. In verse 15, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, all three of those is what Adam and Eve had in the garden when Satan brought that to them. It's not of the Father, but it's of the world. And the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. He who does what will of God? He who takes the low road and not the high abides forever. He who takes the low road and not the high lives in the world, but is not ruled by the world. Lives in the world, but his life is not framed by what the world thinks. My life is framed by what God says is so. Can you say amen to that? Vital that we understand it. Um, I mentioned earlier that there's things that many times we think are pride that are really not pride, and times there are things that we think are humility that are really not humility. So I just want to go through just a, a quick list of just a few things I want you to think about these. Um, when, when everything in life, or in a, in, a, in a given situation or group of people or something, when everything is not all about you, it's pride. When good things happen to someone else and you can't 
rejoice? It's pride. When you struggle listening to what other people say, you ever been in the presence of somebody? Probably we all have, and we've probably all done this. But you're in the presence of somebody, you're telling them something, and they're looking around, they're looking at their watch, they're texting or doing something because what they're doing, well, all they're saying to you is that what they're doing is so much more important than what you're saying. Or you're trying to say something and someone is so, has the thing, I mean, just like has this information hot off the press from God that has to be delivered so they interrupt you to tell you how important their information is. It's pride. I mean, don't second guess it. It's just pride. It just is. Just get over yourself. Learn to deal with yourself over things like that and, and, and learn to practice. How do you practice? Shut up. I mean, I don't need any other way to say it. Just shut up. Learn to listen. Learn to pay attention. And, and you'll find out how much you really don't know. And you'll find out how other people know some things that you don't know that you could glean from. And, and the more you're able to glean from what other people say and apply it to your life, the more you're taking that low road. The more you're taking the road that produces freedom. Instruct those in this life who are rich not to be high-minded, not to think more highly of themselves, not to think that they're all about it and, and what they have is because of them. But let them think low. Let them realize that everything they have is from God and they'd be nothing without Him. And let them be able to be generous and ready to share and be a blessing instead of just all being about yourself. That's what God's trying to teach us to do. The world's problems will be all worked out if every single person is doing this. There's not another problem. can't be. Then we have, a, we have a planet of people that are just standing there staring at each other and saying nothing. I'll tell you what, wouldn't hurt the, nation, the nations of the world just to shut up for about two weeks and say nothing and learn what you need to deal with within yourself. Can you say amen to that? Pride always knows better. <clears throat> and when you know better, then you already have your plan worked out. I'm not talking about not having goals and plans on a day-to-day -day basis, those kind of things. I'm talking about when you're in a situation when God wants to do something in you, but He can't do things in you because you've already got it all worked out yourself. There are things that God wants to change in you and I. And pride will keep you. Pride will shut you down and keep you from being able to overcome and accomplish anything. Another thing that pride does is it protects and maintains a false image. Wanting people to think that you're one thing when you're really something else. Oh, I could never let anybody know that I struggled in this area right here. Well, maybe not the whole world. But maybe somebody that you can trust, somebody that you can talk to and just say, you know, I, I struggled with this. It doesn't mean that people will always be faithful and, 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 and you know, uh, deal with that, but I, I'm just talking about, you know, not sharing, you know, horrible things that happen in your life, but just things that you struggle with. 
what you'll find out is other people struggle too. When I, go, when I take the low road in my life and I am a, a, allowing myself to be a little bit transparent where people can see things about myself, it's amazing how, how doors open up for ministry to other people. You know, in, in, in what I'm talking about right here, um, the last question is, how do you come by this? And Jesus actually answered this question about how to come to this place of living the low road and not the high road. And it's, it's found in Matthew 11. But one of the things that I, I've realized, and I'm just going to use, I'm going to be a little transparent and use an example of my own life, is that five or six years ago when I started on this journey, one of the areas that the Lord showed me that I was in pride in was an area in my relationship with my wife. And, uh, you know, the, the reason that I can share this today is because I'm liberated and free of it. I, 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 see, see, if somebody would have asked me if I was in pride in that area, absolutely not. You know, I'm just, it's just my opinion about things, it, you know. She didn't have to agree with it and like what I'm saying about it, but bless God, you know, I'm, I'm going to share my opinion. Well, your opinion is worth, anyway, not a whole lot when it comes to the wisdom of God. Amen. My opinion. So what I realized was, in, in, a, in, in a couple areas of our relationship where I wasn't listening to what she was saying to me, I already knew. See, I knew better. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I, and I'd just kind of tune her out. I'd hear, and she would remind me of this at different times. Not over and over and over again, but just at different times, she would remind me of, the, of, the, of this area. Yeah, but I already knew. I knew better, and I know, and I know how that all operates. I know what I'm doing, and bless God, you know, it, it's, it's my opinion, and, and uh, you know, anytime you're in pride, you always do this. You know, you're uncomfortable and pulling your collar, and, you know, and, and you know, bless God, I, you know why? Because down in here, you know you're wrong. See, you don't know how to get free, but you know you're wrong. We're not, we're not just talking about information th throughout the, the rest of this month. We're talking about how to get free of this because... You don't want to live a destroyed life. You're, you were created and called to be free. But I promise you, you think more highly of yourself than you should, and you don't learn to work that out and understand what that looks like, it brings destruction. So in regards to my wife, what God said to me is, you, you, you've never listened to her about this. You've never listened to what she's actually saying because... You know, next month, she and I will have been married 39 years. And if I hadn't been married to her, I probably wouldn't have made it to 39. She saved me, literally. Jesus saved me, but she got in the trenches and helped me get delivered of the crap that was in my life. But in this area, God said to me, you're not listening to. 
And when I got a hold of that, I mean, it just, it's just like, it changed everything. It literally changed everything because all I had to do was shut up. I mean, she would bring something up because she has my best interest. You know, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking she's hounding me. See, that's, what, that's how I was viewing it. Well, she's just hounding me, you know? I wouldn't tell anybody that, but I'm thinking that. I'm telling myself that. Well, she just... And God was saying to me, I'm speaking to you through her in this area, and you're not listening. And when I shut up, and I begin to listen to what she was saying, I'm thinking, man, I've carried this crap with me all these years. And all I had to do was just shut up and listen and then do what, not just do what she said. She wasn't like telling me every little thing to do. She was just saying, you know what? This is not helping you. You, you have an attitude with this thing and you need to be set free in so many words. That's what she's trying to say to me, but I couldn't listen to it because I thought I knew better. Pride comes before destruction. And I'll tell you what happens in your life is you, you remain delayed in everything. Everything is pushed back and delayed when you want to be right and you want to be the one in charge. So who gave us the answer for this? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the King of Glory gave us the answer to this. And it's found in Matthew chapter 11. And I'm going to end with this for today. Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Is that where I was going to go? Yeah. Well, that says First John. There's not 28 verses in that. Okay. Come on, work. Because I want to read it from here. Okay. Here it is. Verse 28. Um, through 30. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. All you who labor and are high-minded. He said, come to me, all you who think more highly of yourself than you should, and I will give you rest. Listen, when you're thinking constantly and you're laboring constantly and you're trying to work it all out constantly, you are not at rest. You're troubled, you're in turmoil, your mind's going in every direction, you're trying to figure out how to work things out, you have your plan, you got the plan, and you're the man or woman with the plan and you don't need God. Isn't that what Satan came to Adam and Eve with? You'll be just like God, so you'll be just like Him without Him, and you're going to be on your own to do it yourself. Isaiah chapter 1, toward the end of the chapter says, those who, eat, who, do it their own, who, who have their own plan and they fulfill their own plan, they eat the fruit of their own way, and that way is destruction. God's way is freedom and liberty in every area of your and my life. Can you say amen to that? He said, come to me all you who labor and are heavy laden, those who are high-minded and thinking the high road, and I will give you rest. Watch what he says. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. 
How do we do that? In this day and hour, we do that by the Holy Ghost. Right? What is a yoke? It was for ox. And it went around their neck, and, an, and the yoke went around another, the, uh, the neck of an, another ox, and so the two of them would move simultaneously together and accomplish whatever task that they had. Who are you yoked with? Holy Ghost. He's your helper. Hmm? So he said, do this. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Learn how to do this. Learn how to accomplish this. For I am gentle and low. <laughs> I'm gentle and I'm low. He could even say he's high. But he knows the way up is down. Hmm? When, you plant a, when you plant a seed for it to grow, do you plant the seed up on a, on a bookshelf? Yeah, let's see if that seed will grow on that bookshelf with no dirt, nothing. It's just going to sit up there on the shelf. Window, something will come along, you know, a dust rag or something and blow it off. There's no strength. It goes in the ground, and then it comes up. Right? The, the, the harvest is when it comes up, when you get free of yourself. I mean, there's so much in this one passage, in these three verses right here, that you need to take it and meditate on it, because here lies the answer. Take my yoke upon you, learn from me, I'm gentle and I'm lowly of heart, and you will find rest from the battle that is between your two ears. That's what he's saying. You will find rest from the battle. Because the enemy working overtime trying to convince you to do this thing on your own. Do this thing apart from God. Do it, you know, I mean, I'll, I'll go to church on Sunday and, you know, worship and hear what's preached, but then I got to get down here where the rubber meets the road and I got to make it happen on a day-to-day basis. You're deceived. And that's what he did to Adam and Eve and that's what he continues to do to people today when all along, based on the blood of Jesus, we've been called to be free. Say it, I'm free. free. Say it real loud, "I'm I'm free. Who the sun sets free is free indeed. Those that come to Him and take the yoke of the Holy Ghost on them and learn from Him and learn how to be low instead of high and let Him raise you high, not think more highly of yourself, but along the way He'll teach you how to think highly of yourself in a correct way where you can still love others and still be confident in who you are. Can you say amen to that? Man, I preached good to That sounds like pride to me. But I did. I, 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 you see what I'm saying? I preach good, but I don't need to say that to try to convince you I did. I preach what he told me to preach. See, that's not thinking more highly. But what am I going to say? What am I going to say? Well, you know, uh, if it touched somebody. To, no, it needed to touch everybody today. See, that's false humility. You see? Well, no, to get that well crap, you know? Well, well, what? Let's arise and be who we are, but let's do it in moderation and watching Him and being connected to Him and let Him teach us how to be who we're supposed to be. 
Never did I say, God wants you to be less. He created you more. And he created you free. And he created you to live on top and not underneath. Do not reject what I'm saying to you today. Just do not reject this. Take time with it. Let it minister to you.